0: outside world is a reflection of your inner life and if you if you pay attention to that then and the the two are kind of aligned with one another then the outside world is speaking to you about what's going on inside you uh, and and to pay attention to it. I had a a client this week that um, I was talking about her history and she said in 2005 a tree fell on her house and she had this meltdown and ended up you know uh, having to see a psychiatrist and a bunch of other things happening. Well, you know, I bet you if I went back and looked at her life in 2005, that she brought that tree down on her house uh, oh, wow. simply by the way she mm-hmm. was living her life at the time and, and the circumstances. And so these things—this is what it means when we say things happen for a reason. You have to—you have to look. If you had a dream that a tree fell on your house, that would be literally the ego, you know, crashing against your head to wake <laughs> you up. To something, you see, mm. talking about this business of this outside reflection uh, and inside reflection being an important piece uh, of what it means to be human and that and that you can't really take a passive approach to being in tune with it um, because if you're doing that, then you're living strictly on a hindsight 2020 kind of approach and waiting for for experiences and then learning from those experiences but not trying to gain insight or foresight from that.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about
0: this business of reflection and the inside and outside world being aligned? What do you think about that?
1: There's such beauty in that, in that that realization that um, the external um, is a reflection of our internal world, and we're supposed to be learning from that and paying attention to that. And I I do wonder how many of us do, um, because I think we do have it backwards that we we're waiting for the external to all be okay before we feel okay internally but it's really the other way around exactly as you said in the uh, write up for tonight's show
0: yeah yeah and and so what i want to spend some time talking about is um is how to do internal and external reflection i mean you know it's it sounds like the two are so far apart but they're very you know the very uh, much alike in how, how you do them. One is um is private, of course. The internal reflection is private because it's it's for your eyes only. <laughs> You're the one that's observing. And it's typically coming from a subjective uh place. Uh and so we tend to add subjective language to internal reflection, like, you know, how am I feeling in a particular moment, or what did I just hear? Or or uh, is it my fault? Is it their fault? Uh, you know, this is the kind of thing that we're doing. It's kind of it has a subjective uh, response to it. Um, and and really what, what we're doing with internal reflection, and, and I like this example, is we're taking a temperature, an internal temperature of our own weather inside, the climate mm-hmm. internally. Uh, I've always liked that language of weather, internal weather. And when I talk about landscape, um, or the or the idea of, the, uh, of an internal landscape. I also attach to that this concept of weather and what is the weather. Well, it would be the motions that are driving these internal forces. And what is the climate? What is the tone? What is the ambiance of this internal reflection? And um, and so you're really kind of taking your own temperature. Uh, that's when I when I first brought up to you the idea of the secret that there was nothing profound in the. In the movie or the books about the secret except for that one phrase that your feelings are a barometer for the quality of your thinking well it's another way of saying that your feelings are a barometer for the weather that's taking place inside of you Mm -hmm. Um, and so and that's a profound truth that your feelings are that which is different than your emotions your emotions ends up becoming the weather. <laughs> so your feeling is a reading of the weather. Your emoting is the weather. Does that make sense? Yeah, it
1: does. hmm Yeah.
0: Be, yeah, because feeling is a reaction to the immediate moment, uh, which is tied to to the present, and emotion is typically tied to the past and, and the memory. And it's not all, and it's not always positive, of course, emotion. Um uh, so so that's how you know it's weather, is it brings mm-hmm. in the negative. It, it brings in the sunshine as well as the lightning and the thunder.
1: I'm just uh, kind of doing a little bit of self-reflecting on on if if I use that kind of awareness in my life. And I kind of think I do, that my uh, taking the temperature of my internal uh, reality. I think mm-hmm. I do use that. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: and well yeah i i know you do because i've seen you do it <laughs> and i've heard you do it yeah uh i have it took me some practice because i have such a hyperactive brain and i'm such a high energy person it took me a while to quiet my mind enough to be able to do internal reflection and uh because my my uh, uh internal voices were uh which were you know pretty much uh immersed in shame and my own division that came from my own history that it took a while for me to get beyond those voices and beyond that conditioning and beyond that stuff to be able to to have a decent reading of my own barometer um uh, mm-hmm. and uh so for me it was a little bit it was a little bit harder so if that's internal reflection which is this private for your eyes only kind of subjective language in a subjective reading or barometer of one's own internal climate, so to speak. The external reflection is data-based. It's information-based. And so it, it should be non nonjudgmental uh, because it's coming from descriptive language, like I saw this or I heard that, and it's language that's more accurate and precise uh, in terms of how to break something down. Like how did I engage a particular person or what defenses was I using in that conversation or are these defenses that I'm using outdated? So it's data-related. It's external-related, and um, uh, and and it's much more probing questions uh, that are being asked to engage and kind of activate some internal counselor. So uh, this is how you get to that mediator within. Because you're, since you're doing external reflection, you're really kind of bouncing your ideas and your thoughts and your feelings and emotions off of the outside world, and then trying to make sense of it, and um, and that's when you get to play around with ideas like compassion and non-judgment and support and that kind of stuff, um, mm-hmm. and so external reflection is really about how we frame things, and uh, and how we and how we frame things in relationship to ourselves and others.
1: I'm trying to make the um, connection to what you wrote for uh, the show tonight, as far as um, the reenactment, how we um, are able to see the ego in the reenactment of what we're doing in our lives
0: mhm yeah, in the external yeah that's you know when you, ah. you know, when i when I think about um self inquiry and this whole business of reflection in general that uh and i say that it's of course an inside out process not outside in and it's an, and and again that sounds kind of obvious and kind of easy <laughs> but most people think it is outside in most people think mm-hmm. if they get the if they get their external world in order their inside life will fall together uh and and you know this because they're looking for the right relationship, the right job, the right location in the world, the right purpose, the right passion, whatever. They just it's all out here, and uh, um, and so it's easy to say it's an inside out process, but a lot of us don't do it that way. A lot of us do it outside in, uh, and it, and it is developmental. We start out you know, taking the path that's been cut for us. We've talked about this before on previous recordings. Is that um, you know many of us just take the path that's been cut because it's the easiest one to take than to than to make our own way in the world uh That's a good mm-hmm. example of how it's an outside in thing if somebody who cuts their own path is making an internal decision to do that um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and so what i what I like about that inside out idea though is is that it's it, it sounds like you're doing like an experiment. And it really is that. At least it's been that way for me when I've done it. Is is that you kind of go in, and you you go into that private place that is for your eyes only, with your own subjective um, uh, way of framing what you ex- what you're experiencing internally, and you are trying to get a sense of what you're feeling, and making a distinction between what you're what you're emoting. And all of that's taking place internally, and then you go, and then you kind of go like aha, or you have an insight, or you have some something that comes to the surface, and then you come out into the external world and experiment with it. Mm-hmm. You, may, you know, and it's, so it's a different kind of reflection. You bounce it off of somebody, or you apply it somehow in your life, and and it's it's a tiny little change nobody else would even be able to see, something in your behavior, something in your reactions. So it really is uh, you know, an inside-out process. If you understand that you are experimenting with the outside world, and mm-hmm. what is the experiment? Well, you're trying to get it aligned with your inside world. Uh, the whole reason you're bothering is to try to get your outside world aligned with the inside, and because mm-hmm. uh, without the alignment, you're out of sync, of course. And if yeah, you yeah. and if you can't get the alignment, then you settle which is what many of us do. Our inside lives and our outside lives are so far apart and so out of alignment that we don't even bother.
1: What I um, seek myself is more a sense of harmony rather than trying to create a balance.
0: And I think it's important to say here, why bother at all? Why mm-hmm. bother to to do this inner and outer reflection? Uh, what are we doing it for? Is it really for happiness and harmony and joy and contentment and enlightenment or all these things? And to me, it's to heal the division that, yeah, already, mm-hmm. that already exists inside of us. Mm-hmm. There's no other reason to do it besides that. And, and if you're healing the division that's inside of you, then you're also healing the division that's outside of you and, mm-hmm. uh, and you are less divided against, against others. You're healing something inside of you that uh, needs to be healed, and a, a division of self that is preventing any kind of integration or connection to um, to your soul's intent, which is your life force or your life's intent, uh, and your own heart's concept of true north or your own passion of what true north would be. So, so this is the reason why we're doing this that we become better. Versions of ourselves, uh, so which then benefits the world around us, and so I, I want people to be sure and hear that because it isn't uh, because the way we're selling this idea now to the public is is that spiritual contentment and harmony and balance is is only for people with disposable income and people that are that are in this elite kind of area of the world, you know, to 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 have an inner life and to give station to this intelligence that is your soul's intent and is your heart's conviction is available to everybody. And it is possible because it is it is evolution. I mean, it's it's part of what it means to to be here and to grow here. To do anything less than that, anything less than have an inner life, uh, is to be victim. And this is what, what you and I have been talking about here the past few weeks. That victimization is something that happens to us. Being cut away from the source is also something that happens to us. Neither one of those two experiences are anybody's fault. It is part of the human condition. Mm -hmm. So, what you're left with is how do I frame it? How do I live it out? What do I identify with? And Mm -hmm. sadly, what we're doing today, it seems, is we're identifying with the victimization side of this. So much so that we're getting away Mm -hmm. from the benefit of human suffering. And there is a benefit and mm-hmm. in in a self-corrective way to suffer with one's longing to be reconnected to the source. That's an important part of being human. Uh you don't take away mm-hmm. the the angst that wants to connect us to our beginning, which is this incarnated soul. Uh you want to take away the victimization uh And all of that grief this is a different kind of an animal
1: yeah I was just thinking as long as we kind of have it backwards um, the outside in instead of the inside out as long as we kind of have that that backwards in a way that that stance or approach to life um, would put us in a a feeling of um, victimization if we're putting the focus on the external and wanting to get that all set up and all controlled in a perfect kind of way, and our focus is out there rather than than inside, that would, on some level, whether we're aware of it or not, would create a kind of feeling of I'm a victim of life rather than um, I'm fully participating in my own self-actualization.
0: Yeah. Yeah. there's
1: a there's a big difference in those those two ways of looking at life
0: i think that that the one of the difficult parts of uh, of the spiritual uh, genre i guess is that we've gotten so far off of the definition of spiritual and uh, and again what i am attempting to get people to hear in my own teaching is is that spirituality is a pursuit and understanding of suffering Which then turns around and answers the question about why do humans suffer? We have asked this question since the beginning of time, and we've we've acted Mm -hmm. like there's no answer to it, when the answer is to self-correct the disconnect from the source. That's why humans suffer
1: not a punishment. Right. Yeah.
0: Which, which is why, which the other part is why are human beings victims uh, in life, which is a totally different animal. And so, and, and we've merged those two and we're getting away from the real understanding of, of what spirituality would be. And if we are spiritual beings having psychological experiences, then what we're trying to do is is to reconnect with the spiritual being that we are. Uh, not that we were, that we are, <laughs> it is in past tense, and and continue to be, which is mm-hmm. why we have a sense that something is off. Mm-hmm. That's how you kind of know. It isn't because we have a sense of what psychological health is. We don't have a clue what that is in this culture. We do have a sense of what a connection to the spiritual being would be because we have an experience with it. So that's the closest mm-hmm. thing we've got to uh, to what healthy would be is a, a knowing. It's tied to a memory of a connection to a source that is life itself. It's all the things we add to it that makes it confusing. All the different analysis and subjective uh, subjective opinions about it that makes it makes it confusing. And, and remember, what we're looking for, Irma, with all of this, and you know this too, is, is it, it's integrity. In other words. When can we go back to a time in our lives when we can say, what you see is what you get? How far back do you Mm -hmm. have to go? And have you ever had a time in your life when you had that experience? You know, what you see is what you get. And many of us Mm -hmm. can say that we've had, we've met a person or maybe a, a couple persons that that turned out to be true. But for the most part, what we see is not what we get. Mm-hmm. And uh and what we've been told is not the truth. <laughs> you know, and so mm-hmm. all we have to rely on is our capacity to reflect this inner and outer world that we are uh, that, that we are in in a day-to-day kind of way. And so um this is the benefit of it. This is the benefit of in of self-inquiry and you can't you can't take a passive approach to it. That's what I said this before we we started the show tonight is is that you can't take a passive approach to Okay, I'm a spiritual being having uh having human experiences and then just kind of sit with that and, and think that the world's gonna turn into a magical place. That's not what's gonna happen. Because what you what you need to do is to reconnect with what it means to be that spiritual being, which is a level of intelligence that so far exceeds the way you're living your life now that until you touch that intelligence you won't have a sense of how far away from it you are.
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, that's a true statement, yeah. It's it's,
0: it's literally like me giving you an IQ test, and and you think you're smart because you're 95 on an IQ test, and smart's 400. And this is where the soul is. The soul is at 400, and you're living at 95, and you have a job, and you Mm -hmm. can manage a business, and you can keep your bank account balanced, and you can maintain a relatively healthy relationship. But based upon the soul's perspective, you're still retarded. Mm-hmm. And so this and, and so this level of retardation ends up becoming uh, a choice because of ignorance of the depth and width and length of this intelligence. And so this is what I think we're missing when we say that I'm a spiritual being having psychological experiences. Well, what does that mean? We're really saying I am so much more intelligent and so much more potentially capable than mm-hmm. this. And I've barely even touched all my capabilities, you see. That's Mm what we're really saying, and that's the way we need to be framing this, and we're not. And certainly Mm -hmm. uh, spiritual teachers are not framing it that way.
1: It takes a lot of courage. Um, I don't think there is – I think it's a small percentage of people that have that kind of courage to have that conviction towards – Spiritual integrity, because it is a minority of people right now.
0: I love the word courage, but when I hear the word courage, I think of brave. And I, mm. I think a word that's more accurate is it takes tenacity. And I think that, mm. uh, which yeah. means a never let go, no matter what kind of approach. Um,
1: mm-hmm. uh, and Never give up.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that that's what the soul's uh, and the human spirit are they they could not be more tenacious. The human ego gives up, the human ego wears out the human ego shuts down the human ego breaks down, it cracks up, it goes crazy. The soul and spirit mm-hmm. of who we are really just just lowers and raises the volume of what mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. uh it mm-hmm. doesn't you know it doesn 't do anything more than that. And so, there's nothing that you know. That's what it means. You know, God doesn't doesn't uh, expose us to anything that we can't handle. Well,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that if you take that in the context that it was intended, is is that the soul and spirit of who we are can pretty much handle anything. It's <laughs> it's the human it's the human yeah. ego that breaks down and can't handle. It's a human it's the human ego that needs to take a break. It needs to unplug. You know, I'm going to use your language. It needs mm-hmm. to unplug. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah.
0: Or in my case, needs to go take a hike and get away from everybody. It's the human <laughs> ego that, that needs that. The soul and spirit doesn't particularly need that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and so when you understand that that's what it means to be a spiritual being having psychological experiences, it's being a very, very intelligent being, very deep being, very capable being that uh, is, is limited by this existence. Uh, because of the psychology of it, both mm-hmm. personal and collective, uh, mm-hmm. and and we are subjected to it every single day. So so reflecting on it isn't to um, to sit back and go woe is me and life sucks mm-hmm. and isn't it hard and this is pathetic and all of that crap. <laughs> it's not to do that. It's to. To really come uh, come to the realization that the only universe I have any control over is the one that's going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. And is it worth getting a handle on? If you want to be the best version of yourself that you can be in this existence, absolutely it is worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the difference between, I think, truly spiritual people and people that are wearing the t-shirt but never done the distance.
1: It's like we have this this deep well within us, and in that well is endless amounts of pure, clear, clean water, where we would never ever thirst. But we're looking at to the external, trying to quench our thirst when we have it on the inside.
0: Well, and and as many things in the world today. Uh, what i'm wanting to do with the soul's intent and what i'm wanting to do with my with my work and my teaching is is to dialogue about this to talk about this not to debate it not to mm-hmm. push a um one particular belief over another or one particular uh concept over another but just to dialogue about this in a way uh that opens people's hearts to information that has come to me uh through people that have undergone real significant adversity and real despair and have come back from that experience with a bunch of things that I think the general public needs to hear and uh uh because if they heard this in the context of which it was intended it is quite profound in its life-changing information uh it's wisdom uh that is not cognitive but experiential and it mm-hmm. and it and it needs to be Kind of understood and have a context to understand it for it to be useful in your day to day life, but yeah that's the that's the purpose behind these conversations that we're doing and, and you know with the intent of really getting people to to um get excited about this mm-hmm. uh, about what it means to be human rather than all of the incredible stuff that's going on right now about how it's hard. In this existence right now and that it's scary and uncertain and unpredictable and all those things um
1: yeah and it can be if if we're trying to find our way through life um based on ego alone but it once we tap into the soul's intelligence life doesn't have to be that hard at all in fact i I kind of think in the dialogue Um, that you're bringing with your teachings it's a kind of ignite helping each other ignite that soul intelligence that's that's a big part of what I think you bring in your teachings and and opening up this dialogue with people it's it's a igniting of soul intelligence which is there's what greater gift is there than that
0: yeah, and I appreciate you putting it that way because that's a, that's a neat way to say it. I think the other thing that came to me as you were saying that is, is that if we say that, uh, that crazy is you or me amplified, mm-hmm. let's change that to crazy is the outside world compared to my inside world and the yeah, amplification yeah. between the two. If you look at the mm-hmm. outside world right now, the outside world is very amplified with the election. With ISIS, with the economy, with all the different things that we worry about in the world, it is amplified. So the one place that, where you need to lower the volume is inside yourself. And mm-hmm. then you can sit back in that quiet space that is you and, and see the amplification and see the contrast. To not be able to see that, to, uh, to not be able to be aware that there's a distinction, then you're at the mercy of the external amplification, and that's where we are.
1: Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. getting, we're getting yeah.
0: so much information and so much misinformation even about what's going on in the world that we can get caught up in the amplification of that, which feels crazy. And the, the body mm-hmm. cannot tell the difference between an inside-outside experience. Mm-hmm. You have to do that. And, so, and this is what consciousness means. So if you're letting the outside world bombard you, which is then taking you to a breakdown, crazy place. Then that's exactly mm-hmm. what what uh, what the external amplification is doing.
1: It's definitely, definitely magnified right now. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And so, if you want the world to be quieter, if you want the amplification to lower, it begins with you begins with mm-hmm. each individual to lower that volume and you get to choose mm-hmm. whether or not you're going to participate in the external craziness that's around you and 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 it is and it's and again this is where balance is important because we're talking about uh, building a bridge between your inner life and your outer life and being able to move across that bridge with some degree of ease and comfort so that you don't get trapped on one side or the other
1: Mm, um, wow! Yeah, and, and yeah. Yeah, that's
0: yeah, because you can't go in and stay in and you can't go out and stay out. You you gotta move um, back and
1: yeah. you gotta move
0: back and forth, uh, if you're gonna stay in this existence. You have to move back and forth and you have to put all of your energy into protecting and and um uh, maintaining that bridge because that's the,
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: the key. And if you don't wanna do that then you can see the the problem if you're stuck on one side or the other of the bridge.
1: There is a gracefulness, I think, between um, going between those those two um, worlds. I think mm-hmm. there's a gracefulness in that. I, I think there can be. And the more graceful it becomes, I think, um, the more peace one one has.
0: Ideally, you know, midlife would be the time when you're waking up to your own potentiality as a spiritual being. And, uh, and, and midlife is the time when you want to tap into that potentiality for sure, and you want to make life less dramatic and, less, and lower the volume, uh, uh, less enslavement, less uh, um, hindrance or encumberments or whatever. Uh, and this is what midlife is about because you're really getting in touch with your own mortality – People that are at the mm-hmm. other end of the continuum are, are really kind of preparing for death. And so they've let go of all the worries and concerns of what's happening in the world uh, because they know their days are numbered. And so they're spending more mm-hmm. time slowing down and smelling the roses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, well, mm-hmm. this is really the uh, – I think what the spiritual goal of enlightenment and consciousness would be is to slow down. Uh, mm mm-hmm and take you know and 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 so the the context today was lower the volume of mm-hmm. all the information all of the stuff that you're taking in and and be very careful and very discerning about what you allow to enter your inner life and what you keep out
1: yeah and how you kind of so.
0: and how you kind of filter that yeah so so what i want to kind of end this with then is to, is to just let people understand that that reflection whether it be internal or external, is a really important part of, uh, of personal and spiritual growth. And what it does is it, it gives us a time to, to kind of – or gives us a way to kind of feel our way through our lives versus just simply emote our way through our lives. And it brings our thoughts into awareness, and it, and it assumes that the outside world and the inside world are somehow trying to become congruent with the emphasis being mostly on the internal world. Thank you for being a part of The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. This is the show that can open your mind to things you never thought possible.